Well, good evening, folks. It sure is good to be back, isn't it? I surely enjoyed this day. The music has just been outstanding, both in the morning and night service. And um, how you've cared for me while I'm in town, and I sure do need a lot of that. The good meals uh, and all of that that's been done, I appreciate it so much. And I hope you'll pray for me as I preach in various various parts of the country. I'm very busy, and I'm glad for that. Uh, And you keep me in prayer, and I surely will appreciate that. God bless you. And uh, I sure miss Pastor not being here, but uh, I met him down in South Carolina years ago, preached for him down there. Uh, I met him at a meeting, and so uh, then I came here. I can't even remember when I was here last, but I remember today. I'm here today, okay? (laughs) All right. All right. You get my age, you might forget a few things as well. Um, I don't know who that person was that said that they'd enjoy me just uh, saying the ABCs, but you'd be disappointed because I probably couldn't get through them. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I hope you're not, you English teachers, I hope you're not uh, looking at my grammar and think it's awful. One time D.L. Moody went to a place to preach, and when he got through preaching, uh, uh, some fellow came up to him and told him how many errors he'd made in grammar, and uh, Mr. Moody said, I did my best for Jesus. How much are you doing? Isn't that right? Yes, sir. I've done my best for Jesus, and I, I promise you the best I know, I've done my best for Jesus. And that's what it really counts. I want to preach tonight on a subject that is not always appreciated. There's two subjects that's not appreciated that's so important in the Bible. And one of them is the matter that I touched on this morning, preached some on salvation. That is not appreciated in a lot of places. A lot of people are deceived about salvation, but salvation is not just a program it's not just quoting a few verses or saying a particular prayer. It's meeting Christ, Jesus our Lord, and being born of the Spirit of God. That's salvation. Tonight, I want to talk about being filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, the important of being filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. Now, I'll just have to hit the high places because this is about uh, seven messages in one. But don't get nervous. Because uh, I won't last very long, so if you pray, the harder you pray, the less the length won't be so bad. Okay, all right, all right. Look in the Word of God. I want to I want to begin by reading in two different three different passages, and then we'll get into what the Lord has for us. I want to read one verse that's found in the book Colossians in chapter number three. You know, this is a sister book to the book of the Ephesians. And then the book of Ephesians uh, is a a comparable to the book of Joshua because it deals with the children of Israel as they come out of bondage. They were saved and how that they crossed over the Red Sea into the land of Canaan. And by the way, Canaan is not a type of heaven. 
Canaan is a type of the spirit-filled life in Christ. And that's where you fight the giants. You really really fight the giants when you get into the spirit-filled life, but you have the word of God and the power of God with you as you battle the giants. The Bible said in Galatians chapter uh, number three and verse number 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And in the Ephesian letter, I want you to look first of all at chapter number four, chapter number four, I'm sorry, chapter number three. And uh, I don't know, maybe I ought to read a little bit more than this, but let me begin in verse 19, because this is the emphasis that I want to make tonight. The Bible said in chapter three of Ephesians, and to know that the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Did you know the love of Christ is so great? And it's so wonderful that it passes all knowledge. There's no way that we'll ever learn all we ought to learn about the love of Christ. The depth of it, the breadth of it, the length of it, the height of it. That's the great verse, the one right before. All right, watch this. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask to think according to the power that worketh in us. Go back to the verse 19, the last part, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, I don't know how far a person can go with God because I never have reached where Paul got to. But uh, I do know this, I believe you can go as far as you have ability to and are willing to go with God probably is more important. If you're willing to go on with the Lord. Now, the spirit-filled life is an absolute must for service. There's a difference in being indwelt by the Holy Spirit in salvation. Because in, when the Lord saves you from your sins or me from my sins, then as I preached this morning, we were convicted of our sins. We come to the Lord and we were, we were regenerated by the power of God in salvation. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleansed us from all of our sins. Now, lest you get nervous now and think that I'm going to preach uh, preach something that's not doctrinally sound, I want you to know that you get all of the Holy Ghost the day you get saved. So I don't want you to think I'm going to add anything else to the Holy Ghost because he's a person. And so you don't get part of the Holy Ghost when you get saved and get, to, get more of the Holy Ghost after you get saved. But I tell you where our problem is, We get all the Holy Ghost, but he don't get all of us. And that's where the problem is. And uh, I'm glad that I grew enough in the Lord that I found out that I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. God regenerates us. 
He borns us into the body of Christ. When you are saved by God's grace, he gives birth and he puts you into the body of Christ. And so you are as saved as you're going to ever be. But one thing that I've found in our churches down in the Southland and everywhere I go to preach, a lot of people have really, I believe, got saved. And they heard somebody say, when you get saved, you'll never have any more problems. When you get saved, everything's going to go well. You're prepared for heaven. Therefore, you don't have to worry about anything else. Well, you are prepared for heaven, but that's not all there is to it. We need to go on with God. And I'm convinced tonight as I preach to you that we're coming into some days when you'd better load yourself up out of this book and a walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there are people that wants to do to us just what that we heard about the missionary in Turkey. And that's for sure. And it may come to that, but I do believe this, that whatever comes, if you walk with Jesus, that you'll have all that you need to get through the battles, don't you? I believe that with all my heart, mind, and soul. Uh, so this, this matter of being filled with the Holy Ghost is important. Now, let's look at Ephesians chapter number five and verse, let's go back up to verse in chapter 5 of the Ephesians, and I want to look at this, where he begins in verse 14. Wherefore, and that's in the light of what you've already heard. Now, this book is broken up into three parts. The first three chapters has to do with what we have in Christ. If you ever find out what you've got in Christ, you won't have any problem asking God through the word to lead you beginning at chapter four down through the part of chapter five. That's the walk of the believer. The first part is the wealth of the believer. And then the second part is the walk of the believer. And after you feel with the Holy Ghost of God, the last part in chapter six is the warfare of the believer because you're going to be battling the devil with teeth and toenails. And I'm telling you, it is a work that is worthy of having, but you don't really get done what you ought to for Christ until you are controlled by the Holy Ghost. So I'm reading where he said, wherefore he saith, awake from that, that sleeping. Awake, thou that sleepest. There was a little girl, and you probably heard this, and she went to bed one night, and she had not been in the bed long, girls, until she fell out of the bed. And she began to cry, and her mother went into where she was, and she said, Honey, what happened? How come you fell out of the bed? She said, I guess that I went to sleep so close to where I got in. You're getting the message? That's what's happening across this country. Now, the old timers call it, you can call it whatever you want, but the old timers call it consecration. 
In my day when I was coming along, they wondered if you were consecrated. You cannot tell me that there's a lot of people that walks with God and is full of God a lot more than others. Amen. I believe every how much you give to God, that's what makes the difference, folks. So I would hope that we would go on with the Lord. I'm trying to move on here. Watch this. And, and arise, he said, from the dead. Now we know that the sinner is dead in their trespasses and in their sin. And they must be awakened by the power of God. And they must be drawn by the power of God. And they're brought into the family of God. They, they're brought to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of people, they want to fight lordship, but I'm going to tell you, if he's not the Lord of your life, he's not Lord, he's Lord of the living and Lord of the dead. Jesus Christ is Lord. You come to the Lord. You don't just come to an altar or a church or a preacher or quote a few verses. You come to the Lord. And when you come to the Lord, if you do business with the Lord, he'll come into you and you won't ever be the same again. So he said, he said in this verse, those, you know, there's a lot of people that are saved, I believe. I used to didn't believe, you know, I thought if you could stay away from God for 10 years, I used to preach, you could not possibly be saved. But you know what? I've seen people that really had done a work for God. You be careful. The devil will fill you with bitterness or something will come along and he'll stop you in your tracks and you'll get bitter. And the next thing you know, you'll be out of the church and gone away from God. Oh, that we would be mindful that the only thing that's going to keep us straight is this Bible, staying with it, prayer, and the fullness of the Holy Ghost. Oh my, but there, if you're saved, will you listen to me? You know the Lord, he saved you, but you don't go on. on. You don't read your Bible. You, you give excuse. I don't have time. You're too busy doing something. It might be that you got too much time with the phone. I don't know what it might be. You might have too much time with cooking biscuits, but whatever what it is, it keeps you reading the Bible. You just do without the biscuits. Amen. He'll get over it. Probably. If he don't, we'll burn the toast. All right. Okay. You just go on with God. You read the scriptures. You walk with God. You learn what it is to obey the God, the God of the Bible. Obedience is an absolute must if you're going to grow. It's a, this book is a mirror that I look in every day and I ask God to show me what's wrong with me every day. Paul said he died every day. Well, I'm really having a problem with some things, preacher. Well, I tell you what do. Do like the Apostle Paul said in Romans 6 and 7, reckon yourself dead unto sin, dead unto the flesh, and dead unto the world, and put Jesus first. So if you put Jesus first, you're going to have to put the Bible. That's going to be the thing. And then a life of prayer. Church, let's go on. What's going to happen 
if things keep going like they're going in our beloved country. I love America. I highly respect every person that's ever served this country in the, in the military. God bless them men and women and whoever you may be that served in the military. Without you, we would have no liberty. But there was a day when this country and from the White House to the poor house, they believed that there was a God in heaven and that his power was stronger than anything and nothing could stop the God God of the Bible. I still believe that. Don't you? I still believe that's the way it works. He is God on the mountain. He's God in the valley. He's God, I'm telling you, on the sea. And as the old song goes, I would that he'd be God all over me, would you? So, I'm going to get our text read maybe in a minute. But there's fire up here and I can't hardly get started until I'm done to run off somewhere. What's this? Let me get back to it. He said, arise and Christ shall give thee light. What, I'm, what am I, what's he talking about? Wake up. Ask God to wake you up. Ask God to show you. Ask God to lead you. And start with him. There'll be battles. Right. There'll be battles. But he's the overcomer. Sing that song, I'm a winner. Either way. You know, if you're a Christian, you're on the way to the place we've been singing about tonight and preaching about. So he goes on to say, and I must move on. Seeing that, let you walk circumspectly. Now, I heard someone illustrate this. And said the world walk circumspectly is like that you are walking on a picket fence and you got a pit bulldog on one side and a wildcat on the other side and you don't want to get off on either side. In other words, that's simply saying walk straight, live right, be clean. And do the things that God tells you to do. And young people, you will never, never doubt it. And you'll never, never be ashamed. But if you let this world and you let the devil and you let the flesh pull you away from God and pull you away from the church, you are headed for a disappointed life. But if you follow Jesus, I met him over 65 years ago. I met him. He come inside of me and he lives inside of me. And I want to tell you, there's never been one second in my life with everything that's come to me that I've ever thought about. I wish I had never come to Jesus. He's the best thing that'll ever happen to you. He is the best thing that could ever happen to you. Hallelujah. Well, I don't like them hallelujahs. Well, don't go to heaven because we know there's going to be four there. 
I'm a trying. All right. <laughs> Amen. Watch it now. Watch it. I can't preach for, I mean, I can't read a scripture for preaching. That's all right. I'd rather have it that way is to be where I could read all the scriptures and couldn't preach a lick. I've been there too, been choked almost to death. The devil don't like preaching, but if you get some, you get in the church and folks love preaching there, I'd about preach myself to death. All right. He said, you watch how you walk. And then he said, not as fools. Now, I don't call people fools. But you know what? If you're a believer, you ought not to act like some of the people do. But God said, don't walk like a fool. It's what God said. And anybody that says you know Christ and you don't go on with him, you're living a foolish life. I can say that and say it in all truth. Okay, watch it now. But as wise, boy, I need wisdom. I pray, you know, Paul's first prayer in Ephesians was, he said, God, he said, give me wisdom. But he said, you give the saints of God wisdom. We ought to pray for one another. You see somebody slipping a little bit, you ought to pray and you ought to seek for wisdom. Well, where do I get wisdom? You get knowledge from the word and knowledge comes from the word and God gives you wisdom. Then he said something else. He said in revelation. Well, what do you mean about revelation? You mean to tell me that there's other revelation other than the 66 books? No, that is not right. But I tell you right now, there's a lot in that 66 book that I don't understand yet. Then I'm so glad when God gives me a nugget every once in a while out of the word of God, aren't you? That'll get you going. That'll keep you going. You know, as they used to say, I believe it was Exxon. That'll put a tiger in your tank. It'll get you to move in. Somebody said, how you keep moving? Well, I tell you what's keeping me moving is Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh my, I'm thinking of so much I could say that I need to move on. Okay, watch it. Watch it now and let's read a little bit more. But it's wise redeeming the time because the days are evil. Yes. Boy, that's a statement. Redeeming the time carries with it the meaning of buying up the time. I don't have much time. I don't know how much time I've got. I may have enough time to be here when Jesus gets here. Amen. Amen. Wouldn't it be wonderful for the believer if he were to come while I'm preaching? He'd come right now. Are you ready to go? He's going to get us out of here so fast that the world won't even know what has happened. They'll be so glad to get rid of us. You just never have seen how glad they'll be to get rid of us. Some of them words they use about me and you and the church is preaching the Bible up in Washington. I don't, I'd have to get a dictionary to read to understand what they're talking about. But I tell you what, they don't think you're nothing. They think you'd be better off. They'd be better off if you was dead. You wait till the salt and the light's gone. 
You wait till Jesus takes the church home. God's going to do a great work, but I'm glad I'm not going anywhere in the tribulation period. I do not believe in a split rapture. I believe if it was a split rapture, that it would be a rupture. When I went to get my wife, the bride that's in heaven now that I'm going to meet, you know what? I didn't get half of her and then go back six months later or a year or two later and get the rest. I got every bit of her. And she was precious. And you know what? If you're a member of the bride of Christ and you are, if you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, you ought to seek glory every once in a while. And we ought to get up every morning and thank God. Thank God. Say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I honor you. God, I worship before you. You are a great God. You're the mighty God. You're the everlasting Father. You're the Prince of Peace. You're God, the creator of heaven and earth. You are everything. Oh, God, what would I do without you? You are the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. I may... I have to get some of you young guys to get up here and get a little practice and say hallelujah once in a while. I get about 11 of you up here or 10 of you standing up here with me like Peter did when he preached on the day of Pentecost. I might even really preach a little. Amen. God is good, isn't he? It sure is good when you can't even get your text read. Nothing like him. Nothing like him. He calms the seas. He calms the troubled soul. He he calms the nights that are dark. He comes in the time when you're in the valley. He comes you when you don't know which way to look. When you don't know where to look, look up. Your redemption right now. Oh, oh me. I used to say it as a young man, you know, America was so free and I'd do a little bragging, didn't have no better sense, I guess. And I said, I'd say, well, one of these days I might have to die for the Lord. They may take my life for preaching. But now I'm not as excited about that as I used to be. But I do believe this, I believe God will give you grace. Don't you? I believe there's grace for every need. He's got rivers of grace. One sister came to me tonight and she said, I'm praying for my family. She said, my cup is full. She said, I'm praying and I I highly respect her. She said, I appreciate your message. This morning it really helped me. I said, sister, God bless you. You keep praying. I prayed for my brother for 65 years. He died last year. He died last year. I guess 64 years I prayed for him. And you know what? He was close to death and he had COVID. And I went down there where he was and talked to him about the Lord again. And he said, I know that whatever you tell me has got to be right. And whatever my older brother tells me, I know that's got to be right. 
And I said, I'm not here to paint you a pretty picture. But I said, Donald, if you don't get saved, you're close to going to hell. You are not going to get out of this hospital. It was amazing that God let me in to see him once, but I didn't only get in once, but the doctor said to my brother and I, both of you come in. I'm going to tell you, I want to tell you something, folks. There's nothing like the almighty God. We need to be filled with him. I hope I don't get too loud, but when I get to preaching, I got a built-in PA system. They said George Whitfield, they said George Whitfield, when he preached, you know, he was an England. He'd come here from England and he'd go to those England churches and he'd preach, he must be born again. And they'd run him out. They'd run him out of the churches and said, you can't preach that here. Even the preachers were lost. We got a lot of them now. Don't you think? And so he just went out on the hillside and kept preaching, you must be born again. They said, why, George? Do you keep on preaching, you must be born again? He said, because you must be born again. My mother was a Whitfield there in Georgia and connected them somehow in England. My wife said, you got to be Ken to George Whitfield because they said you could hear him from, they didn't have any system to carry your voice. And they said that you could hear him for two miles or more as he had preached on, you must be born again. But right, right. I don't like that loud preaching. Sometimes it does get to you, don't it? But it might not be the loudness of it that bothers you the most. It might be what's being said. Oh, yes. Praise God. I hope you don't have a time clock on me tonight. I won't, I won't go too far. God will take care of that and age will take care of part of it. All right. At least we ought to read the scriptures. Read demon. The days are evil. I looked up that word evil and it talks about pornography. All of this stuff that they're trying to run down our throat. I'm against all that wickedness. And the reason I'm against it, God's against it. Somebody said, you're going to get in trouble saying that. Well, I got the one that knows how to make the bail. He may bail me out to heaven. I don't know where, but I do know that he's in charge. And the thing about it is, folks, we need to live to glorify God. Whatever it takes, stick with it. You young fellas, if you really want to follow God, you need to make you a good rock altar somewhere. And you need to go out there and you need to pray on a regular basis. Maybe you could meet together and pray. Seek the face of God. Ask God to take you farther than you already are. Ask him to fill you with the Holy Ghost of God. I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. Well, I don't know about that. I do. 
Wherefore, verse 17, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I'm going to tell you what the will of the Lord is. Be filled with the word of God. Be filled with the life of prayer. Be filled with the Holy Ghost after you're saved. That's the will of God. And he's going to tell us what the will of God is. Be not drunk with wine, where is it sets? Now, I'm going to stop there a minute. I'm not going to spend much time there. But I believe that a dram drinker, amen, you know what that is, don't you? Well, I just got to have a little toddy every night. Well, I'm going to tell you what I think, and you can do whatever you want to, but that's how you become a drunk. How much do you have to drink to get drunk? I've seen some of them make a drink a couple of beers or one beer, and they act like they, I don't know where they didn't have enough courage to do anything until they did that or not. There's one that'll get a hold of you that puts something in your heart. You'll have the courage to do whatever God wants you to do. So let me make a statement. This is country. I believe a dram drinker is as much kin to a drunk as a pig is its mother. Amen. I've seen more homes wrecked. Well, Dr. So-and-so, Dr. Who, sounding Bryce and tinkling Simbo, said, Jesus turned the water into wine. You better go back. To the law of the first mention, look what it got Noah into, what it got Lot into. I think they started sipping a little bit, don't you? And when you start sipping, you're going to start, start slipping. And when you start slipping, you're liable to slip off in the place that you won't know what to be. Right. Amen. Amen. Good it's all mixed up tonight, isn't it? God's a putting it all directions. Be not drunk with wine wherein it says, but be filled with the Spirit. Yes, sir. That's not a suggestion. Well, I, I keep the commandments of those 10 of them, and the law's good. It's the schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, but you're not saved by the law. Right. It, just, it, it just indicts you. <laughs> That's all the law could do. But Jesus, when he comes, and he died on the old rugged cross and he shed his precious blood. And then they took him down and put him in the tomb and he rose from the dead on that certain appointed morning. And by the way, that was the first day of the week. Saturday is different than what it was in the Old Testament. You ought to be in church on Sunday morning. Because that's the day Jesus got up out of the grave. But not only that, but that's the day that Pentecost came in Pentecost chapter 2 in um, Acts chapter 2, not Pentecost. Chapter 2 and verse 4, I'm telling you folks, I'm getting as wild as a southern preacher. But there's some of these fellows that's not from the South that get pretty wild, Come on. aren't they? Yes, sir. I appreciate the people I've had fellowship with. These brethren that's called of God is working in this church, all of you. I appreciate all of you. God bless you. 
You're not drunk with wine where it says, but be filled with the spirit. And that's not the spirit of man. You don't need them spirits that make you, you know, they go to the, uh, they go to the happy hour. That's what they say. That's what they tell me. I don't know. I never been to the happy hour. They go to the happy hour. Uh, you know, they work all day and they go to the bar. That's what they call the happy hour. But if you watch them leave there and see them the next morning, you don't, you wonder what in the world they're so happy about. But I tell you what, you get a good dose to Jesus. You really get a good dose to Jesus. And you know what will happen? You'll get up the next morning and you'll be ready to go. You'll get the book. You'll begin to pray. You'll start walking with God. Next thing you know, you'll have that tiger stirred up in you, the Holy Ghost stirred up in you. Now, it's not all a bit of roses, but if you walk with God, the worst day I've ever had since I've been a Christian, you ought to listen to this, young people. The years I've lived for God, the worst day I ever had as a Christian was better than any day that I ever had before I was saved. But bless your dear heart, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you're blind and you don't see. You don't realize where you are. If you did, you wouldn't wait till I got through preaching. You'd be down here on the altar and you'd be crying out to God and you'd be asking God to save you from your sins. They, you know, folks now don't even believe that you ought to preach on sin. They, they claim they don't even know what sin is. They get some of these churches that really preach something, they'd find out what it is. And if they keep going the direction they're going, they're going to find out what it is. We're in trouble as a nation. But we're not in trouble as the saints of God. Amen. I sure am concerned about my boys and their wife, their wives. I'm concerned about my grandchildren and the siblings. I'm concerned about them little six, soon be seven, little great grandchildren. Now, I want to tell you something. I don't know who said all this up. I think it's Bible, don't you? Them grandchildren, they're wonderful. Amen. Praise God. They're wonderful. But when you get to my age and you see them greats, they got it named right. They're just great. Ever what they do is all right. One of my boys came to the house and he said, I don't believe this same house I grew up in. He said, don't make no difference what to do. You think it's all right. I said, I'm supposed to love them and give them sweets and all this. And you're supposed to. And then when I see the tail last leaving, you're supposed to take care of all this matter. If you don't know what that is, one of these days, girls, you'll know. When you have some children and then you have grandchildren, boys, you'll know. I better get going. I had a lot of us going to preach. But I knew God was stirring my soul. Let me just give you a few things. And there's a lot more that I could give you, but did you ever think, you need to think a little as you read the Bible. 
You ever think about the first deacons? One thing the Bible said about the deacon, don't ordain him unless he's what? Honest report. Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. So everybody must not be full of the Holy Ghost. I tell you, most people don't even believe it. Just like most people don't believe that you got to get born again just as long as you got to get little religion. Come on. Full of the Holy Ghost, it'll change your direction. You know, I'm hesitant for this, but I told some about my testimony this morning, how I got saved. But if this would help you, I'm willing to, I'm willing to share it. I'm not proud of it, but I got saved. And when I got saved, God called me to preach. I think I got saved in March and God called me to preach in August. I announced my call. God's called me to preach. So I started out and I had a lot of zeal and knew what it was to go to the rock altar. But I want to tell you something. And you're going to wonder if I'm even saved when I tell you this, probably. But in the day when I got saved and when I started preaching in the Southland now, where we were in Georgia then, I came out of the cotton fields and cornfields of Georgia, flying them mules, horses. And everybody, boys, thought in those days, if you was really going to be a man, you had to smoke. That's what they believed. Well, I got that country gentleman, didn't have enough body to money to buy the ready-mates and I got started when I was about 14. Yeah. I wasn't saved. But when I got saved, all the other preachers was smoking. So I just didn't let it bother me. But it got to bother me. I had a good wife and she liked to keep a clean house and she said, I wish you would not do that because it is nasty. It's filthy for her. She was, and she was right. And I tried to quit because I loved her. But you know what, girls, I didn't make it. I went back. Then the boys came along and she said to me, and I thought to myself, I don't need to smoke in front of my boys. So I tried to quit. But you know what I did? I went back to it because I didn't reckon myself dead to the flesh. I went back to it. Well, then I decided I need to quit because I was a preacher. Now, that'd be a good reason. I've already got three good reasons. But you know what? I tried it again. You know what? I went back to it. If you can't get rid of it, I'm going to tell you the answer. I heard an old preacher preach at Camp Zion, Myrtle, Mississippi. And he went, he just as well, you'd thought I wrote him a letter. And he said, I went down, he went down the road that I went down. He said, I quit for all them three reasons. But he said, one day, 
He said, God dealt with me. I wanted the power of God. I want to be filled with God. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You got them little old sins that don't seem like they mount anything. You better ask God to cut them off of it. Yes. See, I was, I was tired of all this deadness. Yep. Well, you must not have been saved. Saved by grace as much as I am tonight. Amen. And you know what he said? I'm going to give you a remedy. He said, he said, uh, I decided one day as God spoke to me, I'm going to quit because I love Jesus. If you're trying to get rid of something and you don't know how to get rid of it, if you'll do it for Jesus, he'll give you power to overcome it. One little old cigarette got, had me in bondage. And I was saved. But I was kind of like Norman B. Harrison said, one day maybe I was on the wrong side of the cross. Does that make sense? Wrong side of the cross, that means I followed the flesh. That'll get you in trouble. And I would... Now, somebody said, well, I tell you, that bothered me, and I asked God to forgive me and got right over it, and God never did. It, he said, they say, God never did bother me. And the flesh didn't never bother me. That's not the way it was for me. They wanted the day come that I didn't want. Yep. You know what? Every time I wanted one, you know what I did? I said, which do you love the most, Ray Bearden? Do you love that cigarette the most? Or you, do you love Jesus? And you know what? He gave me the power to say no. I went down to the motel room when God really talked to me about it. I had a pack of Salem's in my pocket. They said this springtime. But when I got rid of them, them Salem's, it's been springtime ever since. And I said, come back home. This is for people that really want to go all the way with God that I'm preaching tonight. And, and you need to go all the way with God. Amen. I believe this. I believe it's usually a Christ sees you come to a place that you feel like I've got to go on with God or I'm not. I just well to quit. I've got to go on with God. But there's two experiences. And somebody said, well, I don't like for people to talk about experiences. One reason you don't, you probably never had one. Come on. Tell it. Tell it. I had an experience of the grace of God the night I got saved. And I went from January to August. I don't know when you're ready. I don't know where you even believe that you can be filled or not. I don't know where you really want to be filled or not. I don't know that you're ready to be filled. But I tell you who does? The Lord. And if you'll seek him, you'll find him. If you don't believe it, well, I don't believe it. This makes you a non-believer. And you're not going anywhere because you've done been challenged now because God's challenged you out of his book. And I'm sure you've already been challenged with the pastor and others. 
I usually try to get folks out in about an hour, but we've gone over. I'm done. I'm done preaching. We could go on and on, but if you haven't got it, you're probably not going to. If you haven't got the message, you may not get it. If you get in the Bible, you will. It is a command to be filled. There's many commands in the New Testament. In the first chapter, the last chapter of 1 Thessalonians, I believe there's about 19 commands. Quench not the spirit. Pray without ceasing. God commands us to be filled. He commands us to be filled. And if you get filled with the word, you cannot, well, the spirit told me, and I don't care what the word said, you're done in trouble. Whatever the word said, the spirit will bear it out. If it don't bear it out, leave it alone. If I preached anything tonight, this book don't bear out, leave it alone. But if I preach what this book bears out, you better get with it. You better get with it. God began to cut things off. It took me some time. And I didn't know altogether what it was all about. But more when it happened. I believe there is an experience with it. But I'm not going to tell you about how, you know, if you're not careful, you try to go the same road somebody else went. And I don't want you to do that in salvation or in being filled with the Holy Ghost. There is an indwelling and there is a filling of the Holy Ghost for service, for service, to witness, whatever, preach, be a deacon, whatever. And mamas can get it. Boy, them old saints in the past, full of the Holy Ghost. Let us stand. You've been very patient. I thank you for that. You may want to come to the altar.